0: Hello, welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. I speak with Jimmy Sanabria, Athletic Director at Centerville High School. I really enjoyed our conversation and hearing about his 29-year career path. What led to his pivotal decision to leave Disney and pursue a career as a teacher? And what does it really take to be a character, like Goofy, on the premises? (laughs) What contributed to his career success and what are the biggest obstacles? How did he survive not one but two occurrences of cancer, and where does sports fit in with that? We learn the answers to these questions and a whole lot more. Enjoy this episode. All right, welcome, Jimmy Santabria. Uh, thank you for being here on Relatable and um, for talking with me. So, you are the athletic director at Centerville. You've been in that role for 19 years, and you just told me you've been um, at Centerville for 29.
1: Yep, years. home of the Wildcats. I love that. Yeah. I love that.
0: Thank you for your service, like to our community and to all of our students. Like that is quite a run.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I, I tell people all the time, it has been the honor of my life. You know, like it just. It's funny how just things come together yeah. in that. in uh, I had a chance uh, 29 years ago I was an early hire for Fairfax County so that just means I was guaranteed a job somewhere in the county. yeah which was awesome <laughs> because then I didn't have to worry. Yeah. And so I got to choose the school. Oh. So you know every once in a while when you're young you're like ah oh, the bad decisions you made. this decision to work at this school in this community, Best decision I've ever made. That's
0: amazing. So what was your degree then? Just since you, like right out of school, this was your first job coming Actually,
1: in? Actually, my second. Okay. I, uh, I graduated with a double major in history and social science with, uh, you know, a concentration in education. Okay. Um, but at that point in time, garbage men in New York City were making more than Fairfax County teachers. Yeah. And I had been poor once and I was like, I'm not going to be poor again. So I moved to Orlando and I worked for Disney World for a year.
0: What was your job there?
1: I worked at Epcot Center. Worked in the Communicore area, and occasionally I was the sub Goofy mascot.
0: Uh, That is fantastic. That's like a whole rabbit hole of, like, people are so curious about mascot. Yeah,
1: I can tell you all those dark Disney secrets. There was <laughs> and a the, lot uh, of fun. And
0: there's uh, underground, right? The whole yes. underground tunnels. That's yes. real.
1: Which is amazing to do because, to be under, because, you know, in Orlando in July and August. Yeah. I mean, you're just yeah. going to die out there in the heat. And, you know, so as a worker, if you needed to go across, you weren't going all the yeah. way. You'd go down in the tunnel, get in a golf cart go through it, pop up where you need to go. So you're nice and fresh.
0: <laughs> and how long are you in, uh, like, how long are you in the suit? Because I feel like, is it like a long shift that you're roaming around? Uh,
1: back in the day, yeah. it was 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. Oh. Throughout the course of, of the day. Like, they were real strict about that. Because yeah. if you're on there 25 minutes, like, you cannot have Mickey Mouse passing out in the oh, park that be, be ter be good for business <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah so yeah it was pretty good and then I thought I was gonna do that they asked me to join the management program
0: yeah that was actually gonna be my next question because Disney uh, is really well known for how they groom people and how yes. they put people through you know they're they're sort of considered from an experience perspective like top-notch and in a lot of organizations like I worked for pricewater scoopers for a long time we used to send our um, like high potential through a program at Disney. So
1: yeah, it's... it was really great, and I really thought about it. But I always tell this quick story. Um, I lived with two roommates they um, in Kissimmee, which was just about ten minutes from mm-hmm. uh, Epcot Center. They played professional baseball for the Osceola Astros. So it was three of us, and so uh, we we our apartment was right next to a pool and a basketball court. So in I didn't work till three o'clock I had the afternoon evening shift so we'd go out there we would play some basketball throw some stuff and then they would go out for games for 10 days so it would just be me I used to always play with these two they seemed old but they're you know now I'm thinking about they were probably like 17 18 years (laughs) old and I asked them one day where are you supposed to be and they're like uh school I was like why aren't you in school so we used to chat and everything. So eventually what we did was we'd play 21 in this basketball game mm-hmm. on 21. If I won, I'd give them a ride to school and they would go to school. If they won that day, I wouldn't bother them the rest of the day. So more times than not, I think I won. And I used to drive them to the school. And I always wondered, like, where where is everybody? Wow. Who is harassing these kids to go to school <laughs> other than me? So there was that moment of truth ah. where, you know, like it connected
0: with you emotionally. It was, like, yeah, it
1: was either work at Disney or come back up here and yeah, be a teacher. So I blame those two kids <laughs> wherever they are. I'm gonna go find them
0: for the last thirty years. They have
1: this is what they've done.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. What a cool story. So tell me a little bit about what a day in the life is like now as an athletic director so for people that may not know or for people that are interested in maybe pursuing this type of career what what is it like what what do you do
1: well i think everybody probably says the same thing no day especially in our job no day is the same uh everything is just different like one little crisis can take three quarters of you of your day but truly uh it, for me it starts a little uh, later in the morning the job like today mm-hmm. um, I'll be there till about 10 o'clock at night right so it, it's a roughly 12 to 13 hour day yeah uh, I try to catch up on as many emails as I can uh, I'm grateful for the fact that the kids once the day gets going they stop by the office athletes yeah. club members, Looking to reserve rooms looking to raise money just want to talk want to ask the things that they want to do music that they want to play so it's a revolving door uh, of kids which i love
0: that's the part because
1: that's the part i really love so i really try to get as many emails done replying to them all in the morning when you know, the teenagers are still a little quiet. You know?
0: They're still waking up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Once yeah. they're awake, they're just
1: in there. And then it's just preparing for the afternoon, getting all the stuff ready for the outside, getting all the, the ticket boxed, all the money ready, making sure all the volunteers mm-hmm. are coming in, all those things. And then just the regular school stuff day. I'm responsible for the custodian's and the P.E. department, and the building itself, so uh, I have lunch. The whole building? The whole building. Mm. So even though I like, I I know nothing about air conditioning and like plumbing. Right. I I live in a condo, like I call somebody to do that.
0: So I do that here, you know,
1: I make sure the building engineer knows what's wrong, how they can fix it, the custodians if they need anything. I have lunch duty, which is always fun. Um. Me and 600 kids, you know, like, in
0: the lunch room. It's got to be like an experiment, just watching yes. that human behavior. Yes.
1: And then, you know, this. I tend to forget to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my admin assistant, Angela, who is the greatest person on the face of the earth, reminds me to eat. Yeah. And occasionally she'll make me, she'll have food for me, leftovers from her family, which I think Aww, I've sur- I think I've think survived like, like 15 years because of that.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah,
1: because so, I just forget. And yeah. then once the bell rings, the second half of the day begins, which is all sports. Yeah. Che- uh, going out to see the, some of the practices, you know, technically I think they say I'm there to evaluate, but I'm just there to help. Yeah. That's my main key. Talk to the coaches, see how things are going, talk to the kids, see how practice is going. You know, if anybody needs anything, and then, you know, the games will start around 545.
0: And so for you, all of the, like, are you responsible for hiring all the, all the coaches? Yeah. For, for Centerville. And then are you, what about like assistant coaches? Or once you have... Like head coaches then do you kind of leave it to them or are you involved in that too
1: I think I, I leave it to them most of the time yeah. um it's because it, it's their program yeah you know I always say if, if I'm gonna have to let them go you know it won't be because I hired three people they didn't get along with you know right they, it's their responsibility it's the, it's their job yeah it's their program uh, I usually just give the okay yeah. you know um, I just ask them why are you hiring this person they tell me you know and then we and then we move on
0: from a logistics like i would think logistics and the management of i mean how many sports is that that you have under well your...
1: we are i think 18 varsity sports with wow. with sub levels underneath 60 yeah. uh, some clubs which each one oh, has to have, have have a sponsor a teacher sponsor
0: and that is under your purview that is
1: under us so <laughs>
0: a lot of relationships like i just keep thinking about all the relationships that you're managing throughout the day like student relationships par- i don't know about parents are they a factor or is it more staff and administration for you
1: no i think that it if you're going to do this job right the parents are most definitely a factor mm-hmm. but you include them in in the good and the bad and you you ask them for help you ask them for advice i'm not sure everyone does that Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm just in that unique position that you know, I, I've been at the school since I was 22, 23 years old. And, you know, well, the best is some of the parents now, I taught, you know, <laughs> yes. so that's even, that is awesome. That yeah. is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. <laughs> so our conversations are, are, are different and especially now where I'm the age of the parents. Right. So, Right. Um, you know, it's, it's. The conversations are great because you know we understand each other. We we grew up in the same era and so forth. But yeah, I, I always try to include uh, the parents. I know probably in, in some places maybe they try to keep the parents
0: a little at more date right. a little bit.
1: <clears throat> I'm like bring everyone in. Everyone, let's be all part of the part of the fun.
0: Yeah, and then what about like what are some of the things that are tough about the job or have been challenges? The, the hours.
1: Yeah. Uh, can, can get to you. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, you stu- you wake up, you know, you figure out that you've been working 14 hours a day, four days a week over a course of three, four or five months. And, uh, you will get tired. Yeah. And I was using the Disney model. You know, I always think when you're tired, you make mistakes mm-hmm. when you're tired. Um, you might be short with someone right and so I never wanted that to to be part of my office with all my staff so you know we we switch out things you know we make sure that people are well rested yeah, uh, because that is super important you know Um, I always say the first parent that comes in and the first kid that comes in and the first person that comes in in the morning when you're fresh you have to give the same energy to yeah. the last person that rolls into your office or wants to talk to you at seven thirty at night, at eight thirty at night.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: the hours have probably were, were were the the biggest obstacle, and mm-hmm. and to try to manage that uh, with your staff, I do think I saw some sort of study that uh, educators uh, really all have uh, sleep problems. You know, I mean. Just have trouble sleeping, and that that that's never uh, a good thing.
0: Because of the like the, having to be there early, and then like just the way the days yeah, and, and, then... and
1: just the, the stress. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. you're always thinking about what else you can do for for the kids and the community, and yeah. you know that just you know circles in your head at <laughs> twelve at night, yeah. one in the morning. You wake up, and go, oh, did I do this? You know, uh, yeah. So that's always been the thing. So I've really concentrated really over the past. Uh, seven or eight years because i i looked at myself was like i'm not gonna make it i can't i can't can't do this like this so Mm -hmm. you you adjust and i think uh, i've adjusted really well
0: that's great and i feel like sleep is such an important component of health regardless of your profession it happens a lot in corporate space too where you you know people forget and i i feel like even, you know, I'm about 25 years in terms of, of my career, and uh, at least from a corporate perspective. And it was, it was maybe like the last seven where we started talking about all these other factors of wellness and how, like, you need rest, you need recovery, you, you know, like the hot, like, kind of drivers and the gunners, like, eventually, just like athletes, you crap out, right? Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, like, rest and recover. Did you play a lot of sports growing up? Yes. So
1: <laughs> I, I am that part of that generation of you know once I ate breakfast yeah. I was out the door yeah and I came back for lunch then I was out the door came back for dinner then I was out the door until the the street lights or I heard my mom or dad yelling and then I was inside the house We were always outside, outside. Playing. yes
0: what where are you? did you grow up around here?
1: Yeah I grew up in uh, Bailey's crossroads oh. Falls Church
0: Oh so like yeah. local boy yes. And then for you, like as you think about the strengths, right? If you think about, sorry, what makes you successful in your job, especially given how long you've been doing it, what are some of the qualities or characteristics, or when you're even looking at hiring assistant athletic directors, or you're looking at hiring people into your team, what are some of the things that you see that are really good indicators that a person would be great, you know, good at this job?
1: I think the first thing I look for is are you customer service oriented interesting you know are you a people person that everything else can be learned you know but Mm -hmm. you know are you gonna smile and how can I help you that's what I look for in all my assistants you know how can you help the kids how do you want to help Mm -hmm. you know and that's the main that is the one huge main part you have to be organized the place it's like yeah. grand central station and you can get lost yeah. in all the paperwork and the deadlines of things that are due so organization is key uh, but customer service and being a people person is of the most important because you have to build the relationships because you just can't survive yeah on, on your own there like being, being a teacher, it's just you and the 30 kids in that classroom and you don't need anybody else. As long as you got your skills and the kids, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But in this job, you cannot do it by yourself. You need the help of the kids to buy in, the coaches to follow directions, to give them their independence, mm-hmm. you know, and they need to know that you trust them and, and you have to be able to give that to them, that confidence. The kids need to know, like, you're going to be there for them to, to watch them, to cheer for them. You know, nothing better than you catch them in the hall and you're like, hey, that was a great play the other yeah. day. You know, and they're all, hey, you know, and kids, especially today, you know, they're so hyper aware of those things. Yeah. And probably the best thing that, that happens to you during the day is when a, when a kid is like, hey, thanks for coming to my game.
0: They like to notice. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: And yeah. so, you know, and occasionally kids are like, I know you had to come, but thanks for coming anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I was like, oh, great. And then you, you tell them what they did, you know, well. So that is important, too. So the assistants have to be able to do that. My office has to be able uh, to do those things because without, without doing that, people don't help you. Without help, you can't succeed. You know, and if you can't succeed, you're not going to stick around.
0: Right. Off. What did you teach?
1: I taught US government uh-huh. for most of my ten years as a teacher um, psychology for about four or five Ooh, sociology cool. for about four or five and then I was a, a the peer mediation teacher for the last three
0: so, so when you were teaching you weren't doing anything in the sports side of things like, I, or did you
1: I coached uh, oh, I was do... assistant varsity football coach oh, okay. for about ten years uh, at Centerville. Got it. Um, which was awesome. We were we were at the table for about five years. Yeah. We won the district five times. We were the 2000 oh. state football champions.
0: Glory days. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I coached
1: baseball for three years and I coached uh, track for about three or four years
0: so definitely like you've done the job you know to be in the role that you're in like you you've been in those spots So then you can really like relate and you know it helps you i i would think be a good leader for those people just because you're not i i think so
1: i think it it, it all helped you know i was a club sponsor i was a class sponsor you know i would show up to you know fundraisers and things i just think just and that's why I got in the business for yeah. you know, was to hang it's out. It's so interesting.
0: As you're talking, I keep thinking about restaurant. Like they say about restaurant, like like if you own a restaurant, your whole life is the restaurant. Like you kind of have to give up everything else. And as you're talking, I feel like to be to do what you do. And I've talked to other people that are educators or that are, you know, part of kind of the county in some way. And it feels like it is such a part of your whole life you know it isn't just like compartmentalized especially when you have a lot of after hour stuff I'm guessing too but yes like for you to just be it is and
1: I never know whether that's a good or bad thing yeah you know your whole identity is is built on what you do which I think most psychologists will tell you no that's how it shouldn't be yeah but it just is for for educators it is it is for me my mom was a kindergarten teacher for
0: 35 years. Oh my gosh. Y- y- you know, and my my
1: dad was in the restaurant business for 35 oh, years. Oh. Interesting. You know, so, I, I I the two most important people in yeah. my life, their identities were built on, you know, where they worked. So I blame them for,
0: for, <laughs> for this. Like, like, so are you? Because you have a ton of energy. Is that something that you've always had? Is that something you cultivated over time? Like, you seem like you're like super positive, and you have a lot of energy. Where does that? Where yeah. Is your source I, for that. I wonder
1: if I was I remember
0: I was hyper as a child. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah. I think I've always uh, yeah. been this way. I think. Like, my, do you wake um, up happy? No. Really? Uh, I wake up quiet. Okay. That, that's what it is. But, yeah, the, the mornings are always, it's made because I'm up so late yeah. all the time. Uh, but once I get going, it doesn't take me a lot. I don't drink coffee. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Which people are like, you don't drink coffee? Do you drink soda? And I'm like, I don't drink soda. Yeah. You know, all the energy that you get is from maybe like a glass of orange juice <laughs> yeah. or like a Cliff Bar <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, this is just, just kind of who who I've always been.
0: Do you have any, uh, I always am interested to in learn, do you have any rituals or habits that you feel like serve you well in terms of kind of keeping up your own agenda? we talked about sleep. Is there anything else? Like, you work out all the time? Are you, like, your I, I, diet? I, like... I do.
1: Um, my diet is suspect at times. I do work out. Uh, I shouldn't yeah. rule it. It's just part of my life. Like, yeah. I will go lift. I will go run. Uh, that I have done forever.
0: Yeah. It's just part of your...
1: Forever and a day. Yeah. And that, that helped me. Like, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer twice. Oh, so, like, I Different. got it. Like, uh, it had, it came back and it spread. So, oh, that yeah. was quite the, the adventure. But with that, you know, I, I think what saved me which I've never been, I've always asked the doctors, like the treatment they gave me when it came back was pretty heavy. But they were like, this is what we're gonna do, and then you should be fine. We think we can kill it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I wonder if they thought I was younger than what I was because holy moly was that a lot of chemo thrown into your body.
0: Teresa's new book, Soft Skills I Learned the Hard Way, is out and available on Amazon. She writes about many epic fails throughout her career and how she learned from them so you don't have to. This book is full of cheat codes for how you can differentiate yourself when it matters, like in interviews, trying to get that promotion, or being a first-time leader. As always, thank you, Relatable Community. We are so grateful for your support and continued listenership. As of today, we are 15 countries strong. Now back to the show.
1: I've, I I attest a lot to uh, being in good physical shape, to at least hang in there. Yeah, you know, uh, during the treatment.
0: What kind of cancer did you? have?
1: It was testicular cancer. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the great athletes: Lance Armstrong, me, <laughs> yeah. Scott Hamilton, whoever <laughs> else? Good, the whole group company. of us.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, like, so my husband had esophageal cancer. Yes. And um, similarly, I just interviewed him actually about it. But similarly, I think he also had been an an athlete growing up and kind of stayed active and was in pretty good shape. And, you know, they were like, we're throwing everything at you because you're younger and you're in good shape. And I think he would he said the same thing. Even in terms of being an athlete, I think... That mentality of like getting through it, he said. I think if I hadn't been really um, pressed physically as a young kid, or like because he played football, and you know, just like what you kind of have to go through, he's like undoubtedly that helped him to like persevere through. It. Oh, he but is you,
1: my he is my brother in arms. Yeah, yes, you feel the same? that is exactly. Uh, and I told the kids, uh, well, the community was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: I mean, you know, you always need those. Pep talks from afar yeah. and videos that people made and everything. Now it's huge. But yes, I, I talked to the, the football kids and cheerleaders and other teams about it and just the things that you learn as a kid, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there were times I just didn't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. One, I just hurt.
0: Like all over, yeah. All
1: over. I didn't want to go anymore. Yeah. You, you get to that point.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and but somewhere along the line in your brain, you remember when you're sixteen years old, you've <laughs> run that last sprint and you cannot go anymore. And coach is like one more is about to blow that whistle. You want to quit? You yeah. don't want to do it? Your head is finding every excuse. Yeah. But when that whistle blows, you go that you go that extra hundred yards. Yeah. And then just that comes back to you. Then, because I remember, like, I'm not getting out of bed. I don't want to do it. It's over. I whatever. Yeah. And then that alarm rings, knowing I got to get, I got to go back to the infusion center and fall out of bed, put on your shoes, angry, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you go. Yeah. You don't, you don't learn that anywhere else but on an athletic field.
0: It's amazing. Like, I feel like, um, So I I was like an overweight kid and I didn't, I mean, I swam as a kid and I played tennis. Like I was active, but I, and I played some soccer and I I wished I had tried out. I think I was too chicken to try out in high school. Like I I didn't think I'd make it. And I, to this day, like regret that because I feel like I have three boys. My husband was an athlete. Like I love sports and I'm around it all the time. And I and I think part of why I love it so much is I see that like the bond and then I see that personal growth that can happen because of it and that kind of fortitude that it's a way for kids now, like because especially in this area for a lot of us, you know, they have a pretty easy but that's like fortitude, and that builds character. And you and you yeah. need other people. It's like all the things you talked about in your job, like yeah. the relationships, and that you need a team. And you know, you kind of can learn that early yeah. through the sports.
1: You you really do. And that's what that's yeah. what sports can do, especially for for kids. Like I was
0: in sports,
1: you are guaranteed to fail. Yeah, and yeah. that is so important in in this time period. Yeah, you just got to learn how to fail because you have to learn. Had to pick yourself back up. If you've never failed, yeah, you're just lost. You know there was there was so a big true. report about ten years ago about uh, Ivy League school kids
0: mm-hmm. that have
1: never got anything more than an A. There's been no trauma at all in their life, and then they get to Harvard, Penn, Princeton, and all of a sudden they got to deal with different people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're they got to struggle to get the A, but they don't. They get a B, and they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, I'm like, if you've played sports, you're guaranteed you are gonna fail. Yeah, you are gonna find obstacles, and yeah. you need your you need to it. You need to learn how to pick yourself back up, and then you learn you have to learn how to pick others back mm-hmm. up, and then be willing to be picked up.
0: It's so you know. God, that's so true. Yeah, so that all last those last one can be hard. Right. Yes, like it's is. Is for people that are super independent and if they're used to being the leader, like I'm sure for you, when you went through that, um, when you went through cancer, like how hard was it having to rely on other people? Like in the beginning, it was really hard. Yeah. Like I thought you have to, like forfeit your, like, and that was one of the things Paul said, like you're, you're so vulnerable and it fucking sucks. Yes. Like you, you're just, yeah.
1: You know, and I thought I could do it. Yeah. I, yeah after the first day of infusion you know I was on the, in a the chair for about six hours with two giant bags god. like this yeah. and then I went to go work out the next day oh my god! and I was actually on a call with all the other ADs for a meeting you know I had the, the thing in my ear I was, I was like yeah this is, this is fine I got this uh-huh. you know and about three days into it I was like oh, this is going to be a little, a little harder than, than I, I thought and then by fifth straight day like it just if I I would never want to be hit by Mike Tyson but I think I, I, I could maybe you. take the punch because that's what it felt like by the fifth yeah. day it's just,
0: and how long was the treatment for you mine
1: right? was four cycles it was five straight days six hours a day and then two weeks off that was one cycle and they just repeated it over and over and I was actually allergic to one of the chemos we didn't find out until the second cycle where i was sitting in the chair i was like oh wow i'm seeing some stars then i was like um i'm having a little trouble breathing and then once again like i said i always go back to the thing there was a moment where i was like i'm about to freak out
0: yeah yeah
1: somewhere in the back of the head i remember my football coach being like see the big picture take a breath So what's going on, do your job. So I took a deep breath as much as I could. I thought what I need to do, I need to stand up and wave for help. And I did that nice and calm. And they knew exactly. When they saw me up waving, those oncology nurses came out of the ceiling, the floor. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. There was just equipment everywhere. There was a shot of Benadryl. I'm not kidding. It was the size of like a sword like this. And then after twenty minutes later, when I was fine, they continued. They oh. Just, they my. just dripped it slower. And that's what they did. For the rest of the time it was a just a jug of Benadryl. And then they just dripped it slower oh, because you weren't gonna substitute it because that was, that was the, the thing you had. That was the concoction that was gonna save me.
0: So. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. <laughs> do you feel after being through that like you can do anything now? Yes. Yeah, like just Absolutely. anything. Yeah. So you're, you're about to retire. I think that's, that's yeah. common knowledge, right? I'm not like, yes. it's not a huge spoiler. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how do yes. you feel about that? And, and like, you know, is that a hard decision? And tell me a little bit
1: about I, that. I would say it was, I probably would not have retired if I hadn't gotten cancer. Mm. But I think that solidified my decision. Uh, I, cause I would have stayed cause I love that school. Yeah. I love that people. I love this community. I, I mean, there ain't a single day that I don't come like excited to see what, what's going to happen yeah. and how I, how I can help. But with everything that I went through, I, you know, there's, there's things I just want to do. You yeah. know, um, I need to go see my family more. You know, yeah. I want to travel and see all the places that I haven't had a chance Everyone laughs, like, I'm so excited, you know, come the fall of 24, like, I'm so excited to go on vacation in September. (laughs) Right. Just to
0: say you could. What what does that look like? What kind of great
1: deals do I get, like, late September, October? Yeah. You know, and over the past 10 years off and on, uh, I started acting. Really? Yes. So, I've been in a few TV shows uh How cool met is a that? couple movies yeah so uh, i'd like to keep pursuing that and during covid when i used to show up at the school nobody else was there i just go to make sure like the, the pipes haven't burst yeah. and like everything is fine and i didn't have anything else to do
0: yeah and, so, and you're like seemed like someone that needs to be doing something yes. i can't really see you just sitting around no like, yeah
1: so i've just, Took some YouTube courses and, and about screenwriting. And so I wrote a screenplay. Um, it's called oh. Clemente's Kids. And about seven months ago, I optioned it to a Hollywood producer. And they're, he's looking for the financing and stuff. So hopefully within the next six to eight months, you know, to be financed. and then Okay, I totally produce. have to
0: introduce you to Paul because he writes screenplays. Oh, my God. I could, you guys have, like... I could use his help, yeah, Oh, my gosh. You guys have... Uh, so much in common so we definitely we gotta like there you go that's so cool Uh, congratulations you feel the
1: vibe yes I thought it was really yeah that
0: doesn't happen like that quickly how Mm -hmm. did you like in terms of writing that for you was that your first one that you wrote yes that's amazing so congratulations thank
1: you it and it was my friend and I wrote it he is actually the screenwriter Mm -hmm. and then I took the script and then I should have super it completely, because he did some wonderful things. But then I would send it out for coverage, and the people would come back and say, hey, I don't understand this, mm-hmm. this is terrible, mm-hmm. I'm going to change this. And then it was my decisions of like, okay, what am I keeping? What can I change yeah. for my limited experience? Which I think I'm pretty good at. like Once the whole piece is together, seeing what I can insert and take mm-hmm. out, so... so it was about 10 or 12 iterations yeah. of this thing before That's someone was looked it about at it. Clemente's Kids, a story about a disabled uh, a kid who gets bullied by the local Little League baseball coach. So his mom forms her own team with a group of Latino American kids to compete in the county championships i love it yeah That's, it's a it's a feel-good story yeah. it's a family story it's a, it's about really kids and their moms yeah you know and uh because i think about little league and man without you moms you know they moms kind of run the whole show yeah you know yeah uh and, you know uh-huh. the dad's probably coach here and there you know but the mom's Make sure all the uniforms are good, you know. Make sure, you know, the hugs are there. Yeah. Win or lose. The food is there. Win or lose. Like, I've always seen the organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah.
1: Is with the mom. So, a tribute to my own mom and all the moms that I Love remember. It. So, yeah. And the kids are funny. And, the, you know, being 11, 12, like, that's yeah. your. That's, that's your most, like
0: rich. That's the most
1: comical time <laughs> of your life. You know, like,
0: totally. Everything
1: you say is Funny and you you know you're you're not a teenager you're not a little kid you're in that beautiful in between where life yeah. is just fun
0: yeah yeah that's, that's awesome it, and they always say too write what you know right and you've yes, been around all this stuff I've been that's around like, all that, that yes oh my gosh that's so exciting i love that uh you it's like the idea of a second act being totally different act <laughs> no, no pun intended but like yeah but it's, um, that you, it's like completely different, but like, it seems like it says like interesting to you and like fulfilling, you know, that you can kind of have a pass at doing something. That's just really, I love it.
1: Yeah. And so I, I've worked hard
0: at it Yeah,
1: because that's, a, it's a tough business yeah. to get into. I wouldn't say I'm in it. I'm like the kid at the fence like like they see me yeah it's like i'm not in but i'm on the other they can see me i can see them we probably talk here (laughs) and there Uh, yeah but it's i've had some wonderful i've met a lot of wonderful people in los angeles and in and in the movie business who have helped me out some read what i have Mm -hmm. and give me their feedback yeah which is essential yeah uh for that uh, they have put me in a few things because they've liked uh, the stuff that I've done. Yeah. The best was last summer. I was going to
0: say, tell me, can you yeah. tell us what some of them are so we can, like, can we come, can we find you? and? Answer? Oh,
1: there is a, a movie called First Lady. It uh-huh. came out in 2020. Corbin Burnson's in it mm-hmm. uh, and a few other uh, people that you might know. I play the role of the chief of staff of the first president. Ah. So this this one is my first one where I actually had lines. Like I was, I watched it in the movie theater, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" I watched it with a handful of friends. Yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna invite everybody," and then COVID <laughs> shut everything down a week later.
0: So, you, but you did get to see it. I saw it in the, the movie big, theater. Oh I gosh. have
1: eight or nine lines. I'm in the first fifteen. That's oh, minutes oh, of the dude, movie, that's awesome. and then you never see me again after that. Hey. But like, there is a moment where it's just me, yeah, in the big screen, and then I begin talking. <laughs>
0: that's fantastic. So
1: I thought that was, that was I, my was one of my goals a few years ago. I was like, I want to be in a movie that's in the theater that I have lines. Yeah, and uh, I've been a few shows and movies that are on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so are you, you, do
0: you go back and forth a lot then? Or is that a summer? Do you do that in your summers? Like... I do in the
1: summer or right in between, you know, uh, like in the spring, you know, mm-hmm. here and there. But usually uh, in the summers or wherever can I, I can escape. Yeah. So I'm looking to do that more.
0: Yeah, for because. sure.
1: But when I was in L.A., I, was, I met with a, mo- a movie producer who wanted to look at the script you know he'd me to make a few changes this and that and then my good friend who I initially who became a good friend her name is Marisa Paulvino. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a this co-CEO of straight-up films mm-hmm. they do a lot of they did a big movie with Johnny Depp like 10 mm-hmm. years ago it's a really wonderful female owned oh cool yeah production company and her and I had become friends and so when I was there we ate lunch and then she, as soon as I get there, she's like, hey, listen, there is a new clothing company called Barely Canadian, which is awesome. I was <laughs> like, but I was like, really? She's like, yes. Um, we need a model for some of the clothes tomorrow. Are you still here? I was like, yeah, I'm still here. She's like, we'll meet you on the beach.
0: How so, cool is that? Yeah,
1: so modeled some of the clothes, you know, <laughs> on the beach, ran around. But, was, that was fun yeah that was a good time but you know it's just things like that met some of the uh, models that were on there mm-hmm. you know they're great the one of one of the models she actually is a winner of a screenplay screenplay fellowship for Disney okay uh, she's a former Miss something from somewhere yeah. um, she works for the USO like what a wonderful person uh, yeah. to meet super yeah. creative. You know, so each time I go there, there's always another person that I meet.
0: Do you, like when you first started all that, were you like, I think that's like kind of scary to just put yourself out there and kind of put yourself out there in a way that's like not at all connected to sort of your other life, you know? So do you sort of embrace that type of opportunity? Are you somebody that kind of is fearless in the way that you go after things? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it's fun being the student again uh,
0: uh-huh. you know yeah. and,
1: and, and learning not that I every day I learn something new in this job sure. that's sure. An absolute but there's a ton I do know and you know I love mentoring people and helping yeah. you know but in, I play another role you know on uh, the Hollywood side the yeah. acting side the screen right where I am much more the student mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know and I get excited uh, about that plus like you said it is a completely different. Oh my gosh! Uh, a shift. Yeah. Which uh, I I do enjoy. So that's
0: interesting. One of the things I, you know, you talked about so many experiences. One of the things I, I I'd like to ask people, which I don't know, like for you, is there a, like a person or like a significant moment for you where you were at a crossroads? You know, something that like has really shaped like the path you've taken. We are busy scheduling Relatable interviews for 2023 and we love our Relatable community. If you or someone you know would be a good guest for Relatable, let us know. You can send an email to info at tfasoftskills.com. Include the potential guest name and contact information. Please send all suggestions to info at tfasoftskills.com.
1: I think probably... The first, if I have yeah. uh, things throughout my life, like when I was in high school, I'm probably the only guy I dropped out of weight training. I forgot why. Like I, because I lifted in the afternoon. I was like, yeah. I don't know about this class. So I became a teacher's aide to my football coach, who was a PE teacher and ran the cat B program, all the kids with uh, that are autistic. Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. That class. I was his aide for that class. That really showed me what, um, what a teacher can do. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I, He helped me a ton. I saw what he can do, but he did it with another group that no one knew he did. You know, he took care of those kids. He taught them the basic. You know how to move, and I love that. Mm-hmm. And that has stayed with me my my entire life. You know, wow. of just being being there for. All the segments mm-hmm. of society yeah so I really enjoyed that probably when I was uh, in in college I worked for the university you know and I had a chance to help all incoming freshmen mm-hmm. you know get their feet wet in college making sure their their classes were good socially they were okay and things like that and a lot of those which were you know I had kids like you know I was two years older than them, <laughs> you know, right. it wasn't a big deal, you know, but when you're a junior or you're a freshman, it's a big, it's a big deal, you know, how they were like, thank you, you know, I would have dropped out of school, mm, you know, yeah. if, if you weren't around, you know, thank you for helping me in those, those times, you know, and I, I really appreciated that, like, that really It's so interesting,
0: me. it feels like for you, like, seeing the impact of, I'm thinking service, but it isn't just service. It's like there's a humanity to everything you're talking about of, like, people really caring for, nurturing, and, like, lifting other people, and that seems to, like, resonate with you so much. Yeah, I, I
1: think so. Um, I probably get that a lot from my parents. Yeah. Like, we were, we are, my parents were first generation, or I'm first generation, you know, my a family hails from the beautiful land of Nicaragua ah. you know so we're we're, we're of Latino descent mm-hmm. you know and we we're one of the first in our family to be here and so I always laugh like every family member that's now in the states and have their kids have kids everyone rolled through our house for a period of time <laughs> we're the Ellis like Island
0: host, the host family yes yeah. yeah
1: you know some stayed for a couple months some stayed for a year some stayed for a few weeks but everyone rolled mm. you know and we didn't have a lot of money you know yeah. um, but that was the thing my parents were oh that door was always open
0: yeah yeah
1: for everybody so i, I think maybe i just i saw that yeah and went
0: through this. do you were you uh someone like were you pretty popular in in high school like did, have you always like been able to you know get friends pretty easily and was that like for you, is that part of this too? Like, or
1: oh, well, I no one believes when I say this. I am actually naturally super shy. Really? Yes. If I could stay quiet, that is my most comfortable.
0: That is fascinating. Yes,
1: I like. I really love people, but I'd rather be really in the background. Like my instinct is to stay quiet and stay in the background. But I realized very early in life, like, I just, in order for me to do the things that I probably want to do, yeah. I have to step out of that comfort zone. And I have stepped out every, every day of my life.
0: God, it's so cool. I'm reading um, this book. I, did you, I don't know if you've heard of the guy, um, I think it's Stats or Stats. He's the, there's, a, there's a documentary, Jonah Hill interviews his therapist. Oh, yes, I Phil, did see Phil's, that. But I got his book. Because I thought he was incredible, this guy, the way he kind of talks about things and the way he was sort of talking about like pushing through discomfort. And the first chapter is all about like your comfort zone and how we avoid discomfort at all costs. Like we just create these barriers and limitations out of fear or out of avoidance. And the idea of like everything you just said, like kind of pushing through that discomfort leads to opportunities it leads to you know having a more fulfilling life like depending on you know kind of knowing yourself
1: it, it, it really does and, and it's it's hard for a person yeah. like that to want to be quiet I, yeah. I remember when i was a freshman in high school which was probably your most insecure yes you know, yeah time you know i was a pretty good football player but you know that was just in that realm but there was a club that i wanted to join and they were having an interest meeting to this day i can see it even today walking up the stairs on the second like, floor going to that interest meeting and everything i could not pass. just being
0: out. like so like the heart yep. pounding and the like yes. hand sweating and all. Yes. yeah
1: and and that you know that led to more
0: friendships
1: and things and then the weirdest thing i'm about to tell you here is in in high school in the end i was voted most friendly
0: really yeah so was i in
1: college <laughs> Yeah, I was voted most friendly. Yeah, and then years ago at Centerville, you know, they'd had big like, teacher superlative. Yeah, Mr. Santa Maria, <laughs> most friendly. <laughs> like that's the moniker that always seems to, to to follow me. Which I remember when I was getting my admin degree, they had I met with some bigwigs in the county, and they do a mock interview. Sure, sure. Questions. Then you come back a couple of days later, and they give you feedback their feedback to me was and it was a negative they were like you're too friendly mm-hmm. you're going to be you're going to be in charge of people you can't be friendly and this is one of the few times where I, I i was not disrespectful that's probably bad but i was probably aggressive in my way of telling him that this is who i am right i think i can do any job being friendly and nice, I don't think that's a bad trait to have, right? As a leader, sure. And he disagreed, and I just did it like, well, I don't. I guess I'm gonna get a B in the
0: class. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. Yeah. But And so I like to think that that's helped me out more than hurt.
0: For sure. And what I love about your story, and especially that you talked about being shy, because I feel like there's a lot of people that are. Uh, at sort of rest introverts and feel like they're they're hamstrung by that or hampered by that. And so this idea that you found a way to make it work for you and be able to um, strengthen these other aspects of yourself, I think and and be in a job where you you know you're it's a certainly, a very social job <laughs> yes. in terms of you know so like kind of getting where you're do you find still like do you do you get your energy from other people or do you still mm-hmm. need that kind of alone time to recharge or is it both?
1: Uh, it's probably both I, I do get a tremendous amount of energy from, from from people yeah yeah. it just I don't know I don't know how I do that but I do I mean it, I could be tired Things couldn't have gone well. If I go out to a field and I see a whole bunch of kids yeah. just smiling, enjoying themselves, all I need is a hey Mr. Santa Maria, thanks for coming. Yeah. And it just like And that right that little that yeah. spot right there will, you know, like a video game will boost the power. Yeah. That's so to awesome. the top. Yeah. And and that's great. Just the highs and things like that. Yeah. And so it's always helped, always. Love it.
0: All right. For you, in terms of your role, I feel like there's so many you could choose from. From a soft skills perspective, I'm, that's my crusade. You talk about your second act of acting, like my second act, I was in corporate America forever. My passion is around developing soft skills in people yeah. because I feel like it's this forgotten skill set. And with the advent of technology and even you know parents, I, I just feel like it's a dying skill, and so I'm doing everything I can to help kind of get people thinking about it and being more intentional about it. So in your type of work, what, what are the soft skills, one or two, that you think are most critical? Well, I,
1: I definitely think uh, looking at people and uh, really engaging with them, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. You know, um, People like talking about themselves.
0: They do. Yeah, it's, they such, do. it's an easy thing, really, to yes. figure that out. And yeah. so
1: I think that's just a soft skill. You know, ask questions. Yeah. You know that. And they don't have to be, you know, ABC News hard. Right. <laughs> questions right. like, Questions that you know is going to bring their personality out. Mm-hmm. I think over the, in any job that you have, in any situation, yeah. if you can do that you soften the person totally. and then you can work with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and then you say little things about yourself and You're then right. they get to know you a little bit and you get to know them I think that if, if there's any soft skill it, it's that the ability to engage with a person you know in a harmonious yeah. uh, way mm-hmm. you know I, I'm not a big believer in, in conflict you know, I always think there's a win-win. Right. You know, we can figure anything. Yeah. Figure anything out. Yeah. Uh, but we just need to. We just need to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think uh, always having the best intentions. Yeah. Uh, I think that if you go into any situation with the best intentions, uh, I think that's. I think people feel that. For sure. You know, you you've you've had people walk in a room. You're like. Oh, this is gonna be terrible. Or people walking around like, this is gonna be fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I love that I, I teach a lot to to younger people. Have four open-ended questions that are kinda of in your back pocket that you can ask anybody that helps to start a conversation. And once you do that and you to your point of like who are you talking to and doing a little bit of like on, on your feet analysis of like, oh, this person's an education or, oh, this, you know, whatever this person does, tell me about that or tell me about your best vacation or tell me, you know, there's some easy softballs that you can hit that start to engage that conversation and you're off to the races. Yeah.
1: And you just never know where you guys mesh yeah. what you have, what you have in common. Totally. That's the one thing where as soon as you have one thing in common, especially if it's something that they really enjoy.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, the whole relationship uh, yeah. changes getting, getting back to sports. Yeah. You know, like the amount of your teammates that maybe you guys don't live in the same neighborhoods,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, um, culturally you're, you're different, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have two different paths that you're going for, but you have that, your teammates. Yeah. And you do things together. You work hard together. You talk you know, you spend a lot of time playing yeah. sports, you know. When I played baseball, you know, baseball is one of the great... Oh baseball, you have to get along because you're in the dugout, you're just, chewing the fat, you're yeah. in the batting cage, you're shagging balls. You know what I mean? Get to know people. Yeah. And even after it's over and you go your separate way, you will always have that uh, connection to lean on. I said, when, when, I, when I was sick,
0: yeah,
1: I heard from so many of my teammates. Guys I haven't heard from. You know, decades. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it didn't take ten seconds
0: to be right back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know,
1: talking about this this experience, that experience together. This and that that is everything. You don't mm-hmm. you don't get that if you're not around. You know, a group of people. Right. You know, you don't have something in common that that, that, bonds, yeah. that, that lynch. You know, that yeah. pin that you can always go back to and then and then try to. Try to go further from that but.
0: yeah and then what about your advice to your younger self so if you think about young jimmy maybe graduating from college and you're you know 30 years out from that or more but what uh what advice would you give him to make the path a little easier is there anything that you would say hey dude <laughs> take a minute or like you know what what kind of advice would you give him uh, you know,
1: I, I think about that often, I, actually. You know what I would have done? Uh, I would have told younger Jimmy, Young Jim, what? take care of your hair so you don't lose it as long. <laughs> or cut it <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Lots of money was spent on hairspray. I see. But yeah. That is a whole other segment. <laughs> uh, I think financially, mm-hmm. I probably would have told Young Jimmy, buy property earlier. You know, mm-hmm. you uh, cause I I never thought I'd have enough money. You know, I was like, oh, let me let me just save a little more. If I if I buy that, I'm not gonna have money to do this. You know, whatever it was, a vacation or
0: such great advice. Or let
1: me buy a car before I buy property. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when you're young, that's how you know, and I would definitely tell young Jimmy. An well, apartment don't be a dumb <laughs> dumb yes buy that condo yeah because 15 years from now you're gonna be sitting pretty yeah yeah you know things that that is probably the the, the one main that's such good advice yeah that because that's just no one teaches no. you that
0: I we, we rented like you know when i graduated from college you know a group of us like we rented forever and there are the couple of people that either had parents that were savvy and like had a townhouse or had yeah. a condo and you're like, what do you you know, fifty? Yeah. And then it's like those people are loving life, you know? And it's like, yeah, we were late to the game on that too. So that's yes. great advice. That's safe. Save what you yeah, can. Yeah,
1: save. Always say it 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 builds up. I'm super interest. happy. Yeah. yeah. Here is my one plug of Fairfax yeah. County Public Schools. Okay, here we go. You know, like I came in, you know, they have different retirement plans, but Fairfax County Public Schools forces you like, that is part of, they have their own retirement plan along with the Virginia retirement plan mm-hmm. that you you get. So ever since day one, I've been putting in and they've been putting into two retirement plans. That's amazing. So and I remember going, all this money, you know, right. when you're 23, yeah, yeah. You, you're not thinking about... But you had to. There was no negotiation. That's what what happened. Now I'm near the end. You know, it's a pension plan and it is it is there until the last day on this earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm under the plan where it it's a little over ninety percent of my salary forever and ever.
0: I mean, given how much you've provided to the community and when you talk about, you know, the longevity and you know, the hours, it's like, I, I've, you know, I feel like it's one, one small way or benefit, right. That, that tries to give back to teachers. And, you know, I wish there's, there's so much more to be done on the comp side, but I just feel like that's good to hear that. Like, you know, there's that kind of program, at least something to give back. Something for,
1: yeah. And obviously nationwide, it's all, it's terrible on the other side. Um, And county could do more they've they've changed it up a little bit but i remember that was the one thing that was one of the rallying points you're like if you come here Mm -hmm. this is what we have if you make it the the end of the rain the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is beautiful i'm not sure we can say that to new people today yeah which you you have to give them you have to give them something because the profession is is hard you know, it, it's changed a lot. Like, I'm not sure I could have been the teacher that I was in this generation. Yeah. You know, I was allowed to go for it. You know, you want to teach this this way? You mm-hmm. want to have some fun with the kids? Yeah. If it. Get more. Yeah. If it works out. Autonomy. right yeah. If it fails because you're just trying, well, that's okay too. Yeah. You yeah. know, just get them the information. It wasn't so test heavy. Back then, it was about learning, you know. Yeah,
0: get on that. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that, that was the big thing, was yeah. I the kids, which are now my oldest kids, I think they're, like, in their mid-40s,
0: early 40s. That's crazy. That is crazy. God
1: bless those yeah. kids. They lasted. If they could survive <laughs> my class at 24 years old. Yeah. I mean, we had a ton of fun. But, like, th- those kids... I when I talk to him today, you know, some of when I see him, you know, work in the the snack stand, yeah. yeah. You know, they remember the activities. They remember a few historical right, points, right? Things like that. But what they really remember is you're always you always said I could do it. Mm, you right. always said if you work hard it'll happen. You always said if we needed you you could be there. Like those are the things that they remember. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, and if
1: that's what all we teach in in in, in school is that what they were, we've done well. Other than like, hey, you passed the SOL. Like, it's not what we're we're there for
0: so much this has been like amazing i love getting to know you better and uh, i'm totally gonna uh, hook you up with paul because you guys are gonna be like little twinsies but um yes that would be <laughs> perfect yes i, I really, would like that i really appreciate it i think it's well one what an extraordinary like journey you've had to this point i think that's amazing and also um excited for your future and what's to come we'll have to have you back Yes. Once you're, you know, big famous actor, you'll have to come back. (laughs) Yes,
1: I will remember all the people. I will remember all the people. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you, Jimmy, for being on Relatable and for your tips on how to be successful. Be of service, be organized, and provide individualized attention. The power of sports, daily exercise is a game changer, and how to engage with others through asking questions and being curious. Good luck with Clemente's kids. We can't wait to see it in the theaters. Thank you to Missy for producing this episode and Hannah for your support. A big thank you to our Relatable community. We continue to grow our audience and are so appreciative of our listeners who have stayed with us. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, and you can find more information about Relatable and our sponsor by visiting www.tfasoftskills.com. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable. Stay connected.